life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Welcome and good afternoon. I'm Julie Moss-Backman, and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Oh, I must have hit a chord last week with uh, the show I did on original thought theory. The message always remains the same. I heard some really awesome feedback on my Facebook page at Jillian Moss Backman and also at my Twitter account at Jillian at Change Already. I like when I get some feedback bad or good, it doesn't make any difference to me. You know, you get used to that after you've been in the public eye for so long. But I really liked what I got back, which was it really seemed to make sense to a lot of you about original thought theory, which I paraphrased last week, but basically this is what it was about and that every thought, action, and reaction has been done before, people. (laughs) It's been done by people before us, and it will continue to be and be a part of the process going forward long after we leave. And what's the bottom line on all that? Well, the bottom line is that we really have no original thought or ideas There's no real newfangled widget that we can solve our annoying problems with. Now, yes, they're an improvement on what's been done in the past, but nothing is new. You know, I had a great GM at my last place at WOKG, and she told me that one day, and I just kind of shook in my boots. It's like, what do you mean I have no original thought? What do you mean that my show is not anything and I remember that day it hit me between the eyes like what everybody wants to think they're doing something special everybody wants to think that what their thought is different than anybody else and it's revolutionary and it's going to change the world but in that show I talked about the comfort in knowing that we all have the same thoughts but it's the uniqueness and the exciting possibilities that it comes through our own personal hologram, basically, ourselves and our relationships and our experiences that change the way it's presented to the world. And I talked about maybe it's not the message that changes audience that we're presenting it to. I really enjoyed doing that show, and I hope you go back and listen to it Because in the reality, we are all equal, and we are all universal, but yet we have that oneness, that spiritual terms that everybody talks about that binds us all together. And I talked about the ramifications of that thought 
not only is the message, but what it means to the rest of us and how we keep growing in that thought. So please go back and listen to that podcast. It's labeled Original Thoughts Remains the Same at Change Ready with Jillian. And as always, it's available on iTunes and also at my website, site JillianMossBackman.com, and that's J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-M.com. I want to keep traveling down that road this week and for the next couple weeks on the idea that we're all created equal in the eye of the universe. I want to take this original thought theory and see how it plays out in this spiritual arena And in the spiritual arena, we call that the oneness, universal higher power, how we have an intimate connection. And the next series that I want to talk about and do in the next couple weeks is called Spiritual Trends, What Does It Mean? In my book, Beyond the Pews, Breaking with Tradition and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown, I want to hone in on Chapter 11 this week and talk about what I label in the book as a second awakening throughout the country and quite frankly throughout the world now, we're moving into this new phase in which people have come to embrace this natural and healthy exploration of the spirit self. As I've talked before and many of you agree, it's an ongoing progression of awakening. We test the waters around us, stepping out of that traditional vein that we've all been accustomed to, most of us, in a religious aspect one way or another, and how we're starting to get in touch with that soul spot of ourselves, that unconditional place within each one of us. I don't know how many of you have been able to find this euphoria that eludes so many of you, but a lot of people talk about the expression of coming home. Some kind of centeredness inside of us that feels comfortable. It's a zone like you feel like you're in the pocket. You know that expression, you're in the pocket. You can relax emotionally and physically and mentally and above all spiritually where we've been most agitated the most. We seem to find that as the more controversial place in that dynamic between all four of those spaces. You know, have you ever been in a space where you don't feel threatened by the outside source and it's aligned naturally around you? You got the right people beside you, you've got the right time, you've got the right subject, and you're just able to relax. In fact, your body goes calm and limp, and your mind quiets to the place with no distractions. In fact, it goes to a place where there sometimes is absolutely nothing. You you relinquish the control and let your spirit, your soul, seems to pop out and lead the way of wherever you're doing and the activity you're engaged in. Fear seems to come to the side and you're filled with a sense of loving for everything you lay eyes on. I hope that some of you and most of you have been able to feel that way. I've been able to experience it, but it's hard to stay in that zone, of course. 
the cool thing about all that is that you start living and experiencing things from the inside out, and it seems that growth comes to you without any effort. It kind of unfolds between your eyes, and, and change just comes simply. Now, now, don't quote me on that, that change happens all the time very easily, but it does seem to work its way through a little bit easier without all the hurdles. I hope that some of you can relate and know the feeling that I'm talking about. But the question becomes, can you feel that feeling right now at the top of your head? Can you recall without thinking too much the last time that you were in the pocket, in the zone, in the spiritual zone? When you were alone or maybe with like-minded people, can you get there? Can you get there on your own? Can you just... Think it right now and go to that zone and place of where you were just in that zen of it all. Believe it or not, that's what we all are looking for. We're all waiting for that place on how to, and somebody to tell us to come around and say, point us in the direction, go that way. Go down that path, do this, do that, follow this instruction, and you will be and able to get into that spiritual zone, that place of connection and oneness. Unfortunately, it's not that easy, especially for some of us. In the case in point, in the famous actor Philip Seymour Hoffman that just passed away, he's a shining example of a person that spent a lifetime looking for this quiet spot And unfortunately, like most people, past and future, took the most exaggerated and dangerous way to find this sweet spot we're talking about. He went down all the wrong places, and for some reason, his death really struck me hard this week. Of course, I didn't know him, but you could tell by the way he was doing things in his life and the acting and all of the movies that he was in, that there was a genius inside of that man. And that this wicked disease of trying to find that universal love for himself got distorted and and he bought into the illusion and went for that perpetual destruction of finding it in a way that doesn't ever stick. It attacks and it manipulates that universal urge and question that every human being I've ever met asks themselves day in and day out. Whether you're conscious or unconscious, there's a bigger question of a universal thought, we all ask ourselves, what the heck are we doing here? There has to be a bigger purpose for myself, my life, and the challenges and everything that I'm going through. How can I overcome those shortcomings so I can feel better, so I can be in this happy zone and feel the love that everybody keeps talking about in the mainstream right now? Whether you want to believe it or not, it's always embedded in each one of us. The problem is we get in this desperate loop of searching and seeking 
as in the case of Philip Hoffman. And I also want to throw Whitney Houston in that mix. That ultimate question of where we belong spiritually and how we belong in the oneness to each other and everybody else. Every one of us have this coming home feeling inside of us. The challenge in the quest is to never stop searching and it will know that this, this internal feeling will never leave us until we leave this earth. It's called the spiritual mystery. We're all born with it. And his case, this young man, I'm calling him young man because he's around my age, died for it. It's in reach each one of our hearts. And I believe it's a privilege that we each have. We all are born with this mystery. And in fact, I'll take it one step further and believe it's our responsibility to find that spiritual zone and sweet spot. It's our responsibility to find out who we are and how we work in this whole magnificent drama that's unfolding between each one of us. It's our responsibility for ourselves, our parents, our children, and our planet. We have to keep striving and growing closer to that place in our heart where the sweet spot feels like we're coming home. The challenge is for each one of us, we have to anchor our systems and our belief systems and our spiritual practices around a cocoon of this great feeling we get inside. The great news here is we we all have the tendency to keep growing towards it. The bigger question we have to ask ourselves here is, how do we find it? For those of you that haven't found that zone that we're talking about, how do you rediscover it? Not discover, rediscover. And the second question is, how do we sustain it once we get there? I'm concerned about what's going on in the world in the spirituality realm of things. And so for the next weeks, I want to dedicate this series to what I'm calling spiritual trends and what it all means for the rest of us. I want to talk about that after this break and see and give you some conscious ideas of what it all means and how we can stay in that sweet spot and make it a part of our lives. I'll see you right after this short break.
Welcome back to Change Already with Jillian Moss-Backman. For those of you that don't know, that's my friend John Mulder and professional acquaintance. He's a famous jazz musician, and he's also a Catholic priest. And we are planning a wonderful event in Chicago on April 3rd on our creations and how we use process to come up with our own spiritual bends on things and our twist, which we're talking about today in spiritual trends. What does it mean? So stay tuned. I'll give you more information about that. I'm very excited. It's in an art gallery, the Hilton Art Gallery in Chicago, Illinois, April 3rd. So I'll keep you posted on all of that. You know, it's been a long time, and I've been an advisor and a healer and student in the arts of spirituality. And when you've been around as long as I have, you see things come and go and spiritual this and spiritual that and religious this and religious that. And it seems nowadays everybody has a spin, a spin. And I get caught up in this myself. As I wrote in the book Beyond the Pews that I wrote, you know, I speak about it, I write about it, I do television, I do radio, and it, you know, all the things that I do have been tested and lived through my friends and family like the rest of you. But as I get older, I'm beginning to realize it's so hard to keep up with the religious Joneses and the spiritual Joneses on the street these ideas fresh and you have to capture the attention of a certain audience so you have someone to keep talking to. <laughs> Even though I enjoy talking to myself, I wouldn't mind a few other people listening in. But the exciting part to this dilemma, the original thought theory that we talked about last week, is that people are ready now. You know, we've been working towards this goal for a long time, and there's been lots of good spiritual and religious teachers out there that have laid the groundwork for this mainstream firestorm of brand-new spiritual fusion. I write about that in Chapter 11 in my book, And it's becoming a little mix of religious tradition with just like a pinch or two of East meets West on how to connect with your spirits on an individual label. You know, and everything has become new and improved ideas. Here's the challenge that we're now facing that I want to talk about in the next couple weeks. We are now going through growing pains. I remember when my little girl, she had grown so fast, she, her knees hurt and her legs hurt and they were achy. And I thought to myself, what, what's going on with her? And she'd cry. And I took her into the physician and, and my physician, who's a, a wonderful person, said, she's old, she's just going through growing pain. When you, move to, when you grow too quick, there's growing pains, physical growing pains when you go out. I see this is what's happening with the spiritual realm right now. You know, we opened the Pandora's box a couple years ago, and people are really starting to think about their own spirituality. 
it's become normal talk now. You see it everywhere. There's shows on television. You talk on Internet. People are always posting those self-help, good-feeling kind of quotes. Mine are a little on the smart-alecky side, but that's me. And radio and even personal conversations. You know, do you remember back in the day when you could not bring up religion or spiritual things? It's so strange. Maybe I'm hanging around a different crowd than the rest of y'all, but I found very exhilarating to talk to other people about their religious thoughts and their ideas. The ideas fresh in my head, and I can see a different perspective because spirituality is one of those things that we have a right and an obligation to feel whatever we want to feel, be whatever we want to be, experience that spiritual inner side of ourselves any way we want to. Jeez, Jill, back it down a little bit. (laughs) But here's where I want to go. I'm concerned about the gusto that we have to change and break out of the old archaic system and that the pendulum has swung completely to the opposite side now. The question now on the table is, have we gone too far to the other extreme? Have we walked away from that original thought theory that, by the way, is still intact and that there's nothing wrong with it in the purpose of this great human awakening? Have we lost sight of the original thought idea, which was connected? with and having an intimate relationship with higher universal power? Have we got swallowed up by the spiritual human power of all of it and we've lost our spiritual way and the original tense that the questions I asked in the first segment of why are we here, what lessons do we learn, and How are we supposed to be giving back in this awakening? As I talk in the book, we're now in this uncharted territory, and some of you are retreating. Some of you are freaking out because it's just too overwhelming. It's like a big buffet table with thousands of choices. Because everywhere you turn, there's a new book or there's new methodologies of how people create it in their own way of how to connect with that inner soul voice we all have. There's any kind of classes out there you want. There's even in hospital situations, in, you know, in schools, and all the places you would never think in my lifetime they would follow. Show motiv- motivators by the gaggle full. If I hear that one more time, I'm just going to go crazy. But unfortunately, it's a word that describes it the best. And as some of you know by your own fruition, some are better than others. We keep putting an eclectic spin on these old ancient thoughts and belief systems. My concern now for us is that we have to go into that great, great space of discernment. All of the highest educators in the spiritual realm are telling us that we're moving into this new awakening and kudos to the rest of us for doing our own personal work because I believe that's how we got there. We've broken down barriers in the last couple years 
you know, but let's not throw out all that we know in the religious realm or any other thing that you feel is appropriate in your life. The question is, now where do we go? If we don't have a structure in place and we're in this free flow of spiritual awareness, meaning we're all basically responsible for creating our own spiritual and religious systems, where are we going to turn? How are we going to know? And what are we going to do about putting some parameters on it within ourselves and our children's moving forward that it stays true to the message, which is universal oneness, love, and unconditional peace and happiness? The reality is it all falls back onto the mercy of our own intuitive investigation, thoughts, and finding that coming home zone in each one of us. We're going to have to figure out these spiritual practices that fit that need and satisfy those questions that I posed earlier. So in the next couple of weeks, I want to take the liberty, if you don't mind, and research some of these highly well-known systems and use this sensitive subject to bring in other experts because I love and listen and admire the ones that I've tried to get on air. They, too, have been in the spiritual business work for a long time. I hope that you notice that I used the word business there, because spirituality, to a certain extent, has become a business. And a lot of people believe that's not the right context for spirituality and religion. Listen, people, Spirituality has been a business since it started. So the question becomes, what, as a spiritual purchaser of your own wellness, where are you going to spend your bucks? Where are you going to listen? What healers are you going to listen to? What time are you going to invest in to help you find that zone we all desire, deserve, and it will make a bigger and better spiritual environment for the rest of us. Here's the bottom line. We all need to applaud ourselves because we've done the hard work. We've been dedicated to the cause of moving this spiritual thought to the forefront of our minds. And basically that's all just about loving ourselves and others. It's a huge task. It will never be complete until the day that we leave this planet and will continue on. But the exciting part is love is one of those things like peace and happiness that we have the right to discern and define it however we want. In my opinion, we're experiencing spiritual growth and the growing pains that we're in are is our next exciting challenge. We got to dial back now and figure out what's in it for ourselves as well as the education, the knowledge of the word, the arts, and the way that we seek our higher wisdom outside ourselves. We have arrived to the second awakening. The next step is spiritual boundaries and anchoring. Next week, my guest is Robin Smith. And the name of that show is, What Does the Hawk Say? Don't Follow the Next Shiny Object. 
she's a really good friend of mine, and I've worked with her for a long time from the Wellness Center. We're going to talk about the 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 modality of Reiki and shamanism and what that means and what the next step of the evolution of those two products are. Remember, between now and then, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I'll see you same time, same place, Radio High Noon. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already.